Let's continue talking about the gifts of the Spirit this week on the Week of Kingdom Outlook. Let's go. Hey, greetings, folks. Boss Lewis here with you on a little vacation uh, broadcasting. I'm doing the video this week in Myrtle Beach. I'm up here. Uh, got the wonderful time to watch uh, my youngest in a baseball tournament. And um, uh, so we're up here for a little while just catching him in that. And it's a lot of fun to be able to do that. I want to continue last week because I didn't quite finish everything. I'd gone far enough. I'd gone long enough, actually. Um, talking about the gifts of the Spirit. And I want to uh, kind of continue uh, with this, talking about, you know, the gift of prophecy, the gift of healing, the gift of um, miracles. And, you know, I, I heard I, I heard this. And again, I go back to this thing on YouTube. I heard it was by someone who's, you know, let's say is the anti-gifts people. And he admittedly said that he knows that the Bible does say, doesn't say the gifts aren't for today. And he goes, I, I see, because I, I see their argument that gifts aren't for today, but I've never seen something like the gift of healing or the gift of miracles. And or has he? See, some of our perception with the gift of miracles or the gift of healing, number one, where does he see it in scriptures? You know, does he see it with the Apostle Paul? Does he see it with Peter, maybe? But is that all we see it with? Don't we see it with Philip? Don't we see it with Stephen? With Jesus, with both, all of them, they were not apostles. The Philip in uh, Acts chapter 8 is Philip the evangelist. He's one of the seven along with Stephen that is commissioned as deacons to help feed the Hellenist um, uh, in Acts chapter 6. So do we see the what are the gifts of the Spirit and how do they work to us? Well, first... We talked about that the gifts are for today. Last week, I covered a lot of things. If you haven't seen that, it was episode 100, is our 100th episode. And um, so if you didn't see that one, then go back and watch that one and come back here to this one or listen to it if you're listening to it on podcast. And first of all, first of all, we established that the baptism of the Spirit is for today. And because that's important, because the gift, when we think of a gift, we think of it like an automobile. Like we think if someone gave me an automobile and I never see that person, I don't need to see that person to operate the automobile. I don't need to see that person to operate uh, my car. They gave me the keys. I have the title. It's mine. And now I don't need them. It's independent of them ever again. Well, that's not the gifts of the Spirit. That's not how the gifts of the Spirit work. And I think for a lot of people that... They don't understand that, so they think like the gifts work independently, and they don't. There's a couple of things. Number one, there's one major thing that is needed for the gifts of the Spirit to operate, and that's faith that you have the gifts. Faith that God can use you and work through you so you'll pray in boldness and do these things. And I, and I find this really, really amazing because, you know, I, I sometimes I think I get puzzled because of the scholars that have this difficulty understanding. Now, what I'm going to do, and I didn't do it last time, 
is I want to go to 1 Corinthians 12 again. But this time, I last time I read out the Amplified, I'm going to read out the Passion Translation this time. Okay, and it says this. My fellow believers, I do not want you to, I don't want you to be confused about spiritual realities. For you know full well, and when you were unbelievers, you were often led astray in one way or another by your worship of idols, which are incapable of talking with you. you no, know, this is an important note to understand that if God cannot talk to us, if he only speaks through the writings of the word and all that, then he's no different than the gods that they were pulled away from that couldn't speak. In other words, the distinct thing about us is not just that Jesus was raised, which is very distinct, but it is also, listen to me, it is also that he speaks to his children. My sheep hear my voice. He didn't say, my sheep understand my word. He did say it in other places. If you understand, if you, the Father was in you, if my word was in you, you'd understand what I was saying. Okay, but there's a great importance on the word. So do not take away. We don't have to take away from the word when we speak about hearing his voice. One doesn't take away from the other in importance. And I think that that's sometimes the argument we have. It's not. We're trying to find this hierarchy of which one's important, but God doesn't always establish that. In other words, what's more important, his voice or his word? Both. God doesn't sit there and go, you know what? You could do without my word. He doesn't say that. He doesn't sit there and say, you know what? You have my word. You could do without my voice. God doesn't put his things in this hierarchy that we often want to do because we like to always have this God's first, family second, ministry third. No, that's unbiblical, by the way. Jesus didn't say family comes before the ministry. Jesus didn't say ministry comes before the family. Jesus actually said this. He said, if you love your life, if you love your family more than me. Now you go, wait a minute, but I love Jesus, not ministry. Well, why was it Jesus actually called you? And the Lord of the universe said, go and preach. And your family says, no, which one do you love more? Okay, so th this notion of one, two, three, is, is, a, is a linear way. It's not a kingdom thinking. It's actually a, um, a, a you know, I always say it's like the C personalities, like your, your um, CPA types who want everything in order. This is what we think order is in the kingdom, but it's not that way in the kingdom. Let me give you an example. It does say that God first established apostles, then prophets, then uh, teachers. And, and that is, in, it talks about military rank. But even though I'd be an apostle, if I go to a pastor's church to preach, I am subject to that pastor. Why? It's his house. And so I'm subject to him. You go, well, Jesus wasn't. Jesus was. Jesus went to Capernaum. He could not do many miracles there because of their unbelief. And so he only healed a few sick folk. In other words, what happened? He was under, he allowed them, he had given them authority. And if they did not allow him to be free, he was subject to them. Now, it didn't mean he stayed there forever and was subject to him. It meant in that moment, if you don't have faith, if you're in unbelief, then I'm not going to move beyond that for you sometimes. And we can break that down another time because that gets very interesting and in understanding how this works. Because the kingdom, and this is the mistake that people have. Number one, they make a mistake, number one, that you're saved by love. No, love was the motivation. Love is the motivation for gifts. Remember this. Love must be the motivation for gifting. It's not for our ministry. 
in the sense of, you know, I want my ministry to be powerful. Our ministry should always be motivated first by the love to God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and then to bring that kingdom to a people that are hurting. That's our love motivation, okay? It should have hope in it. What should hope be? Our hope should be that is in our obedience and in that, that there is going to be, uh, hope is the expectation of good. That when, when we go, that we're going to see the power of God. We're going to see God's deliverance. We're going to see God do mighty things amongst the people because he loves them. And we're going to, and third, it must have faith. Faith must be that in obedience, in doing what he says, in his commandment, I'm going to go and be obedient and God's going to show up. That's faith. Faith is the expectation of good. And so the substance of my hope is my faith. You can see it. You can actually see me because I expect, when I when I pray for people, I expect them healed. And, and But my motivation for that is not some, you know, badge of honor. It's love. It's seeing them get get delivered. It's, it's seeing them getting born again and saved and set free and into the kingdom. That's the motivation. God loves us. Now, you're not saved by love. You're not saved by grace. Grace what was obtained, listen, mercy was obtained on the cross, but grace was also obtained on the resurrection. Let me explain. Mercy, because all the judgment that was supposed to be on me and you was given to Christ. All that judgment was put on Christ on the cross. And now we are forgiven. That's mercy. God had mercy on us because he put it on Jesus. But in the resurrection, through faith in him, we receive the favor he received for his obedience. Okay? And God bestows grace to us. Now, great, you're not saved by grace. Grace is everywhere. But you only receive grace by faith. It's when faith is activated in grace. And faith is that key element which he has given to everyone, it says, is the key element for you and I to access the resources of heaven. If you don't believe, you, you don't get a gift. God doesn't give us a gift. Here's a TV remote. Nice TV remote, there Airbnb. Here's a TV remote. It's not like he gives us this gift and it's separate of him. It's not how the gift works. That now I have this gift and I can go function without him. I, can't, I hear people say, well, psychics or people who have a prophetic gift, they're misusing it. No, that's demonic thinking. That is worldly thinking. The gift is Holy Spirit's flowing through. Now listen, listen, listen to what the book says. The gift is not separate from him. You go, well, it's without the gift of God, the gift and callings of God without repentance. It's a gift. He gave it to you. Okay, it doesn't mean it works in demonic realms. It doesn't mean I could take the look. I can't take the gift of healing and go use it for making people sick. I can't use the gift of healing apart from God. Now, it doesn't mean I have to be flawless. It doesn't mean I have perfect. But if I go now worship the devil, I am not going to take that same gift and go use it demonically. I can't take the gift and use it demonically. That's my point, okay? Because it's not disconnected from Holy Spirit. Now let's read. Um, let's continue reading, okay? 
We left off at idols. We're left and led astray, uh, which are incapable of talking with you. Therefore, I want you to impart to you an understanding of the following. No one speaking by the Spirit of God would ever say Jesus is the accursed one. Can't Not by the Spirit of God. In other words, by the Spirit of God, you can't do contrary to the Spirit of God. Not by the Spirit. You understand? Every time I sin, it is not by the Spirit. Do you understand that? The Holy Spirit is God. He is not manipulated. He is never misused. You might misuse him in speech where you try to use him as your defense, but doesn't mean he was a part of it. I cannot misuse the Spirit. No one by the Spirit can ever say Jesus is accursed. He said no one can say Jesus is the Lord Yahweh unless the Holy Spirit is speaking through him. It doesn't mean that person even has to be saved. It doesn't say. Yeah. Is the same Holy Spirit who continues, listen, the same Holy Spirit. Now, remember I talked last week that in their polythesian world that they have, that they, they believe in multiple gods and all this stuff. And I don't even know if that's the way you say it, poly, but they believe in multiple gods. They, they think that the ones who are over here praying in tongues and interpreting, that's one God. They think the people over here with miracles, that's one God. They think the one over here that's working in healing, that's one God. They think the one who's working in revelation, that's one God. That's what they think because they have the moon, the sun. This is what the Corinthians have in their life. They have multiple gods. They have a God for every object. And, and Paul is taking them out of that in this letter. And he's saying, look. Now, because this, this question comes up, he starts this, by the way. He starts this in Ephesians 1, 2, and 3. I mean, um, in Corinthians. He starts in the first three chapters of this. If you read this whole book, you see that he's talking about their thinking carnal, carnally. They're not like, they're just like mere men thinking this way. He goes through all their carnality, and now he comes back to this topic, which is how the Spirit works. Okay? No one speaking. Um Okay, verse 4. Is the same Holy Spirit who continues to distribute many different varieties of gifts. So who's distributing the gifts of the Spirit? Holy Spirit. The Lord, Jesus, Yahweh, is one. And he is the one who apportions believers different varieties of ministries. The ministry of the apostles. The ministry of the evangelists. This is Ephesians chapter 4. He gave gifts to the churches. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. They are gifts. It's not the gift of an apostle in me. I am to become the gift he gives to the church. That's the gift of the apostle is that he gave an apostle to the church. That is the gift. He gives pastors to the church, Jesus does, as a gift from Jesus. Okay, Holy Spirit is giving gifts of the Spirit, which Paul's going to break down. But, and there's more than just here. There's also in Romans chapter 12. There are gifts of function, of gifts, varieties of functional gifts, like healing, miracle, signs, wonder, all those. Those are gifts. But the ministry of an apostle, the ministry of the prophet, the ministry of an evangelist, the ministry of a pastor, the ministry of a teacher are gifts from Jesus himself. Okay? Understand the difference, because that's, that's what it says King James, that's why the reason I don't read this on the New King James is because the Greek says all this and, and, and you know, the English doesn't pull that out as well. And, and the Amplified and in the Passion, it pulls it out better for us, okay? All right. <clears throat> um, and it says, the same God distributes different kinds of miracles 
accomplishing different results through each believer's gift in ministry as, a, as he energizes and activates them. So in other words, you have all three of the Godhead working here. Holy Spirit's distributing, Jesus is distributing, the Father is activating them and energizing and bringing forth miracles. In other words, bringing forth the, the manifestation of the kingdom through all those gifts. Each believer is given continuous revelation by the Holy Spirit to benefit not just himself, but all. In other words, it's not for you. It's not for you. The gift of healing isn't for me. It's for you. Look, the gift of healing is not this dormant. Um, it's not like this. It's not like this physical thing which can be held on to and separated from God, from the Father, Son, or Holy Spirit. It doesn't work that way. Why? Because God's the one who has to energize it to work. Now, look, if God's the one energizing it to work, does God energize it to work through someone who's worshiping the devil and wants to give devil the glory? No. It's not a gift in the, in a uh, psychic. That's It's not the gift of prophecy that's working in a psychic. It's familiar spirits. It's not the gift of the Holy Ghost. Well, they, they have a gift. From, God doesn't distribute these gifts. Listen, these gifts are given to the churches. They're not given to false people. They're not given to heathens. We have a really, we have this thing like God just loves everybody. He just gave everyone gifts. And it's really some bad theology. And the, by the way, where the charismatic church needs to be corrected on it. Because there is some really bad teaching in the charismatic church when it comes to the gifts of the spirit. Now listen, to the spirit gives, uh, for example, the spirit gives to one the gift of the word of wisdom. To another, the same spirit, remember, different gods, but no, no, this is the same spirit gives the gift of the word of knowledge, of revelation knowledge. To another, the same spirit gives the gift of faith, and to another person, he might give the gift of healing, the same spirit. To another, the power to work miracles, and to another, the gift of prophecy. To another, the gift to discern what the spirit is speaking, and to another, the gift of speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to another, the gift of interpretation of tongues. Now, this is what I would say to my dear brethren who don't believe that tongues, that they believe tongues are always interpreted. They, you know, one of the problems that they have on that side is they go, well, on the day of Pentecost, they all heard in their own language. But that's not always the, how it works. Paul talks about, and by the way, if you read 1 Corinthians 14, maybe we'll get there today, that sometimes he says, you don't understand what the Spirit is saying. He says, but, so he says, pray that you may interpret it. So there's a gift of interpretation. Why? Because some tongues are not something you hear in your own language when someone else is praying in them. By the way, that's happened to me. I, I, I've had that in my church where one night we were just moving in the Spirit and I was just up there praying and speaking in tongues and speaking in tongues, you know? And you might go, oh, that's ridiculous. Well, there was these five Russians in there and they were visiting and then I didn't see them for another month and a half. And they come back to me and they go, Pastor, and they're broken English, Pastor. When we were here six weeks ago, we all heard you speak in perfect Russian. 
and you said you're to go to this meeting and it was in perfect rush said, go to this meeting in miami you're going to see this person and you're going to blah, blah 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 and god's got i've got something for you they all heard it in perfect russian i did not speak perfect russian the five of them were the only ones that said they came up to me, all five and said we all heard it and looked at each other like did you hear what i heard and they said i heard yeah i heard they literally heard that was what happened on the day of pentecost I was completely unaware of it for six weeks. I don't try to do it. I don't try to put on a Russian accent, you know, and praying in tongues or anything like that. That's just stupid stuff. Remember, he says, as Paul says in verse 11, remember is the same Holy Spirit who distributes, activates, and operates these gifts as he chooses for each believer. Okay? What, what I want you to understand is the gift is not apart from the Holy Spirit. If a psychic is worshiping demons and and they're doing their incantations they're not manipulating holy spirit they didn't take the gift of holy spirit and use it for something else you can't do that okay because it's called a grace it is a grace given by god and you cannot manipulate it because you would have to manipulate holy spirit jesus and the father as well it does not work that way Okay, those are familiar. See, anyone, I've heard this argument for 30 years, and you know, well, you know, um, demons can use that. Demons can't use my speaking in tongues. Now, I can pray in tongues whenever I want. You'll believe, how can you do that? Because Holy Spirit is with me. If Holy Spirit wasn't with me, do you think I could pray in tongues? Do you think you could just pray in tongues apart from Holy Spirit? Are you that disconnected and disjointed from the spirit that you think you know how to pray in tongues without the spirit? But you have faith to speak in tongues. And the more you exercise your faith, the more tongues flow. Now, let me go somewhere else. We're going to come back and we'll go into um, something else in a moment. I want to go to Romans chapter 12. Okay. Now, Romans chapter 12 says this. God has given me grace to speak a warning about pride. Okay, now this is Romans 12, 3. I would ask each of you to empty of self-promotion, to be, to, to be emptied of self-promotion and not create a false image of your importance. Instead, honestly access your worth by using your God-given faith as a standard of measurement. And then you will see your true value with an appropriate self-esteem. In the human body, there are many parts and organs, each with a unique function. And so it is in the body of Christ. For though we are many, we have all been mingled into one body in Christ. This means that there will all... Uh, this means that we are all vitally joined to one another with each contributing to the other. God's marvelous grace imparts to each one of us, God's grace imparts to each one of us varying gifts and ministries that are uniquely ours. In other words, I flow more in prophecy, revelation, um, you know, now, you know, miracles, healing and stuff like that, but I don't I don't flow in tongues and interpretation of tongues. I can flow in all of them. You go, why? How can you? Well, if the need arises, the Holy Spirit's there. But but I'm kind of, it's not my main gift. Like, it's not my main function. 
you know. And so um, you might work in prophecy and you hear God accurately, but at the same time, you don't see healing, miracles. Don't be upset with that. Now you could cry out for God, give me more, give me more, but don't get upset and get jealous because, you know, this is why Paul took, like they always went out like apostles and prophets together because they had opposing gifts. And it really made them um, flow well together. Okay? All right. I can get into that in, in Acts chapter 15 and how they went about and the prophets would prophesy to them and encourage them. It says that about, about uh, uh, when Silas went with the team and two of them went with him. And it says that they, they you know, encouraged the people through prophecies. They would go from church to church where Paul was going and the prophets were with them. And so they would encourage the people with prophetic words. All right. Um, in parts, each one of us writing gifts and ministries are uniquely ours. So if God has given the grace gift of prophecy, you must activate your gift by using the proportion of faith you have to prophesy. You understand how faith now is, what's our faith in? Faith is in God. Faith is in the grace given to us. Faith is there that, how do I activate prophecy? Well, I pray and listen. But I also have to speak. But I mean, I pray and listen because I believe God wants to speak. See, my prophecy level is high. My healing level is high. And the reason is because of the love of God. I just believe it because of the love of God. He loves people so much that he wants to minister to them all the time. He wants to love on them all the time. If you're, He says, if your grace gift is prophecy, you must activate it by faith. If your grace gift is serving, then thrive in serving others well. If you have a grace gift of teaching, then be actively teaching and training others. If you have a grace gift in, of encouragement, then use it often to encourage others. In other words, it's your faith, activate your gifts. You understand? Activate it. You go, wait, doesn't the Holy Spirit have to activate it? Well, he can in a pinch, right? But the Holy Spirit, the, the concept of the Holy Spirit taking control of us is not a biblical um, um, concept. Okay, we're, we, we, we move in faith. We move in obedience. We move in, in, in um, um, revelation that we have a gift. And so we're going to flow in that. All right. So now I just want to see that. I want you to see that. I don't want to go over there forever. But I want you to see that how gifts, you know, you're supposed to activate that. Now, let's go to 1 Corinthians 14. I got a little bit of time left with you, Okay. It is good that you are enthusiastic and passionate about spiritual gifts, especially prophecy. When someone speaks in tongues, no one understands a word he says because he's not speaking to the people but to God. This is where the camp goes, well, you don't understand what it is. When we pray in tongues, we're speaking to God, not to man. I don't know why this is so difficult because it's right there. In every translation, it's right there. When someone speaks in tongues, no one understands a word he says because he's not speaking to people, but to God. He is speaking intimate mysteries in the spirit. But when someone prophesies, he speaks to encourage people to build them up and to bring them comfort. Okay? Exhortation, edification, and comfort. The one who speaks in tongues advances his own spiritual progress while the one who prophesies builds up the church. 
It's not supposed to be either or, by the way, so don't get to that measure. I would be delighted if you all spoke in tongues, but I desire even more that you impart prophetic revelation to others. Greater gain comes to the one who prophesies than the one who speaks in tongues, unless there is interpretation so that, that it builds up the entire church. In other words, in a group setting, it is more profitable if someone was to prophesy than it's for someone to speak in tongues. Okay? My dear friends, what good is it if I come to you always speaking in tongues, but I come with a clear but but if I come with a clear revelation of God or with insight or with prophecy or with clear teaching, I can enrich you. In other words, if I just came came to your church and I just spoke in tongues, how would it profit you? That's why I always come with prophetic revelation and teaching and, and what God is speaking. So I don't always say, thus saith the Lord, because I think we learn that in church more than in the kingdom. I come with prophetic revelation and teaching and stuff. Why? Because that actually is more useful to you. It's like, it's, it's taking what I've heard in the spirit and interpreting it and giving it to you. If I just come spraying in tongues, but, but look, Paul's not saying don't pray in tongues. He said, if a musical instrument such as flutes and stringed instruments are out of tune and don't play the arrangement clear, how will anyone recognize the melody? If the bugle makes a garbled sound, who will recognize the signal to show up for battle? So it is with you, unless you speak in a language that is easily understood, how will anyone know what you are talking about? You might as well save your breath. I suppose that the world has all sorts of languages, but I think it's over 7,000 now. Okay, 163 families of language, um, but 7,000 different languages. A family is like Latin based and all that. Okay. I suppose that the world is okay, uh, but I am like a foreigner if I don't understand the language. And the speaker will be like a foreigner to me. And that's what's happening among you. You are so passionate about embracing the manifestations of Holy Spirit. Now become even more passionate about the things that strengthen the entire church. So then if you speak in a tongue, pray for the interpretation to be able to unfold the meaning of what you are saying. For if I am praying in a tongue, my spirit is engaged in prayer, but I have no clear understanding of what is being said. So here's why I concluded. I will pray in the spirit, but I will also pray with my mind engaged. I will sing rapturous praises of the spirit, but I will also sing with my mind engaged. Otherwise, if you're praising God in your spirit, how could someone without the gift participate by adding his amen to your giving of thanks, since he does not have a clue of what you are saying? You praise to God is admirable, but it does nothing to strengthen or build up others. In other words, he's talking about, the, remember, he's talking about group setting here. I give thanks to God. Listen to what he says here, because this is his own personal time. I pray, I give thanks to God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. But in the church setting, I would rather speak five words that can be understood than 10,000 exotic words in a tongue. That way, I could have a role in teaching others. Okay, I just want to stop there for today. Look, what, I'm, what, what you have to understand about gifts is they're, they, you can't, they're energized by the Holy Spirit. They can't be misused. And that doesn't mean psychics aren't misusing them. They're not using the gift of prophecy. It's demonic spirits and familiar spirits that are putting things in there. They're listening to dark spirits, not to the Holy Spirit. You have to understand that. Okay, now maybe we'll talk about um, 
Balaam and all that, because that's a very interesting story. But if you read it, it says the first two times that he was using sorcerers and omens and all that stuff to prophesy. And then the third time, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him and he prophesied. But remember, they don't possess the Spirit in them like we do. They're not filled vessels with the Spirit. Amen? Amen. I hope this blesses you. I hope this will give you more faith to go ahead and use your gift. Now listen, I have this situation all the time. What if, my, what if I can't prophesy in church? Prophesy to the members of the church. Stop trying to prophesy to the whole church. I have a very gifted house, and I can't say that every Sunday, open mic, everyone prophesy, because it would, it, would, it would lose its meaning if we did that every Sunday. So I try to encourage people, prophesy. We have prayer time. Pray for each other. Get words for each other. We have an online app where they can actually send messages to people and prophesy. They can give word to the church and prophesy. And, and I encourage that. But sometimes in the service, they want to do that. And, you know, you can't look. I've, I've gone, like, can you imagine Bethel? I said this this morning in an email. Can you imagine what Bethel would have to do if everyone, if Bill said, okay, if you have a word, that's all we're going to do on Sunday. Like, because I want to give place for this. So if you have a word, bring it up. In that house, every meeting with 2,000 people in it, they, Bill would never prophesy. Bill would never give a teaching. And it won't strengthen the whole church as much as you think, because not every word is created equal. Amen? Amen. Amen. That's for a different thing. We'll talk about the protocols of that. Uh, I love you. God bless you. I hope you have a great week. And we'll talk again next week here on the week of the Kima. God bless you. Have a great day. Bye-bye.